Good afternoon, Bars Nation. How's everybody doing today? It is February 23rd, Thursday, guys, and this is Bended Knee. So today I was kind of well, spent last night and today just kind of reading through uh, David. Interesting life. Basically covers his entire life. And um, as I was doing that, you know, I had some people reach out to me the last couple of days talking about something of some pretty good significance. And then God kind of laid it on my heart to kind of not talk about David, but to talk about a different topic, which oddly enough, God led me to something while I was looking for David about Saul that fits into this topic. Today, we're going to talk about um, the dangers that we don't see, which is one of them being witchcraft. So in Ephesians 6, 12, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. And one thing that we all see around this world, we see the physical things. We see the aspects of the wars, the rumors of wars. We see the indoctrination. We see, you know, the aspects of witchcraft, which they kind of glorify by putting in movies, especially things like Harry Potter and so forth like that. But we see the physical things. But what we don't see is even more dangerous. And the reason that I'm bringing up this topic today is because um, many of you may have noticed there's many people um, right here in our family of Bars Nation which have been going through some pretty big things over the last uh, couple of days specifically. We've had a lot of illnesses um, amongst our family. Um, one of our uh, brethren and his family got into a car wreck yesterday. They are fine, just to let you guys know. Um, but nonetheless, I, I'm, you know, I get a lot of phone calls every single day pointing to what is going on. And one thing that we don't realize and we don't see is witchcraft and how witchcraft works. So the worship and seeking of um, supernatural powers other than God have been around since the beginning. Satan has used witchcraft to prevent people from finding holy spirituality in God alone. He uses witchcraft such as uh, mediums, horoscopes, um, games to entice away from God and toward the power that gives self-entitlement to people, which we're seeing more and more. Lovers of themselves, people that don't look and reach out to the Lord Almighty for the real power, the true power, the source of energy, love, spirit, soul, but they reach within themselves, which isn't themselves. This is coming directly from Satan. This was also known in scripture what they referred to as the forbidden knowledge that was passed down by some of the angels. But there's a lot of the ways that witchcraft um, takes place that people do not realize. And from the beginning of my life, um, being from Scotland, uh, growing up you know, in a very Celtic background, um, I did the majority of my research um, early on uh, uh, polytheistic, monotheistic religions around the world, specifically in that area, including paganism and witchcraft. And, you know, over in Scotland, Ireland, Wales, you know, there's a lot of uh, witchcraft that still exists over there just as around the world. And when they released Harry Potter, it became even bigger. So witchcraft itself, um, paganism is a very old thing to existed for a very long time today. They refer to um, modern day witchcraft as, as new age often. And the thing is, is the new age people are basically a bunch of people that get caught up in the nostalgia of Harry Potter and stuff like that. And they start playing around with witchcraft because they think that it's really fun and it's really cool. But they don't realize is that very similar to drug addiction, witchcraft is the same exact way. You can go into drugs with the intentions of doing it one time, but sometimes they grab hold of you and you end up with a huge problem because it just takes your soul away. And witchcraft is the same exact way. When you start tampering with it, you open a door that you do not realize you open it and you are allowing not only evil, but Satan and all these other things into your life and they take hold of you. So we've been seeing this girl recently who uh, was one of the, the head juror, um, grand juror over in the case that took place in Georgia. And they appointed out her intrigue and witchcraft and spellcraft and so forth like that. 
And there's a lot of even what they used as witchcraft and stuff in the day is being used even within our churches at some point. Um, we have, you know, sage is commonly used, but sage is one of those things that, you know, God provided. It's good energy, but they use it both in the pagan lore as well as um, heavily in the Catholic Church as well, as well as candle magic, candle source, which was also very um, prominent in pagan witchcraft. Um, within churches, they use these things often that are called uh, shocker candles, which are they're um, black on the outside and white on the inside. So basically what it does is it lures evil in and then the white inside of it basically destroys the energy, according to them, or the power. But one thing about witchcraft, it's similar to what we refer to as prayer and, and you know, is the numbers. When we come together in numbers, prayer is more effective. It's more powerful. It moves further, um, you know, because we're coming together in the name of Jesus Christ and in, in, in prayer. But the same exact thing occurs often in witchcraft is it's also based on numbers, which is why they have what they refer to as covens. So in Scotland, um, over the years, I've done a lot of, I've never practiced magic at all myself. I can tell you the ins and the out of it. I can tell you what they do, how they do it. I can tell you how ritual magic works, exactly what to do, but I've never practiced it myself. However, I have observed it. And when I was over in Scotland, one spell took, um, really kind of stood out to me just recently that I started thinking about. And it was a spell that took place. Um, it was in Edinburgh, Scotland, and it was on a uh, Beltane, which is, uh, one of the holidays during the spring where everybody gathered together in kind of a pagan ceremony. And they did this circle, um, circle spell, which was around the gleed or a fire. And they stood six feet apart from each other. That was very important as they were six feet apart from each other. So does that remind you of anything that we have seen recently? And that would be the pandemic where they were pushing us to stand six feet apart of each other. So they actually get us to participate in many of these rituals and we do not realize it. Um, part of us staying silent allows this magic to work. But one thing that I tell you about magic is the power that they use where they gather their, their strength, their power, whatever you want to call it, and their magic comes from Satan. But Satan's power and magic that he has over on this reign of earth is nothing compared to to what God provides to us. God, God provides the power of powers. There's nothing that the devil can do that the God, that God himself cannot destroy, which is why it is extremely important that we wear that armor of God. The, the armor of God means way more than we ever thought. It's not just, you know, a metaphorical protection by asking God to watch over us and protect us. The armor of God is literally spiritual protection from this warfare that we don't see. Because like I said, what you don't see is more dangerous than what you do see. Part of the reason that the uh, paganistic ritualistic magic works so well is the fact that we don't realize that there's been a spell cast. Our ignorance to something makes their magic a little bit more effective. But by becoming aware of the possibility of witchcraft kind of takes away their ability to put these spells up against you. And that works um, in both sides of magic because they have what's called white magic. They have what's called black magic. Um, the black magic itself is do what thou will. Basically, do whatever you want to. The rules of white magic themselves, although, um, you know, I am a man of God myself, but they do separate themselves into aspects because white magic is never harm another, not against thy will. So they have very specific rules not to break certain codes. Basically, you can't do selfish magic. If you're doing magic as a white magic person, basically it's to help someone, to protect someone and so forth. But there have also been cases throughout history where churches have allowed magic to be used within their churches for specific people to counter the magic that the evil is using. Because they use a lot of things like stones, um, symbolism, and so forth, but I'm going to be doing, um, down the road on Brothers in the Bible, I'm going to be doing one specifically on the armor of God, because if you look, I found some things that specifically talk about the way that stones were laid out 
within certain types of armor that were worn by warrior priests and so forth in the, in the back days. So I will be going over that um, down the road at some point. It's going to be an interesting episode. But um, after we get done with our prayer today, I'm actually got some uh, scripture that is lined up that kind of brings us through um, the different aspect where, where it's talked about witchcraft within scripture. And the reason that I fell into this today is because when I was reading David and God laid on my heart, you need to talk about, you know, the elephant in the room, the witchcraft that's being used because not many people know it. And they need to understand that that is one of the most effective tools that the devil uses right now. And I came across scripture and Saul, oddly enough, you know, looking into David and Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. So when I came across that, I'm like, yes, father, I hear you. So that's why I kind of um, worked over today to where we're doing it about witchcraft. So you guys can be aware of what's going on in this world. But it is 311, guys. So let's go ahead and get into a little bit of spiritual warfare, a little bit of prayer, the true power in this world. And uh, we'll get back to this topic in a moment. So please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you have blessed us with in this world. You are so gracious to us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, we have failed you in the past, dear Lord, but we are all working to make up for that. We are making ourselves better, but we are also doing your work down here as much as we can, trying to help people wake up to see the truth of the veil that you lift up more and more every day. And we're thankful for that, Father. But dear Lord, I ask that you work in our lives and give us better abilities to wake up those people that are stubborn and that are still sleeping. Heavenly Father, we need to wake them up to the truth, but more importantly, we need to introduce them to you or reintroduce them to you so that they have that chance of salvation that you have given us. Heavenly Father, just like in the stories in Scripture, such as Paul, you have taken some of the worst people and made them some of the best people. And Heavenly Father, we need to recognize and remember that. We always need to carry the faith, the same faith that David carried when he walked up and faced the Philistine, the giant, and he had zero fear. And it wasn't because he was a big man. It wasn't because he was one that went into battle all the time and he knew war strategy or anything. It was because he had faith in you. So we walk right into this battle knowing that he had already won because you were the one that sent him to do his deed, dear Lord. Let us all have the courage of David as we move forward. Let us all walk through this, leaving fear aside, leaving all of our anxiety aside, leaving our stress aside, and keeping our eyes and focus on you, Heavenly Father. Because the more we walk into this battle of earth, we're starting to see the spiritual battle that you warned us about in Ephesians. Heavenly Father, I ask that you give us strength as we walk into these battlefields. Dear Lord, that we reach out to you and we ask you that we are always doing your will and not ours, and we're not mistaking it. Heavenly Father, let us use our platforms, let us use our social media and everything else in this world right now to speak your will and not ours. Let us be careful not to mislead people, dear Lord, but to walk them down that narrow path that we are on. Dear Lord, give them the confidence and the strength that we have learned to have by having faith in you, and which we are grateful for. But also, Father, I want to ask that you continue to reach out for all of those that are in prayer. Be with Evan and his family um, who survived a car crash yesterday, dear Lord, but I know they're probably a little sore today, so please be with them. Please help them through these times. Let them all be okay. Please be with Hyvistus and Devo during these times. Bless them, dear Lord, and help them help her get over her her sickness right now. Be with our brother Jeff, dear Lord, and help him get over what he's going through and all of the other people, dear Lord, that are reaching out right now. We're being attacked on a major level and a level that we cannot see. So I ask, dear Lord, that you give us discernment and the foresight to be able to see the evil that is right in front of us so that we can battle this better. Dear Lord, thank you for everything that you have blessed us with. You are so kind to us, dear Lord, even though we have done so much wrong down here. 
So let us make up for it, dear Lord. As we've accepted you into our heart, we have you in our lives. As we repent daily to become better people than we are today, tomorrow, dear Lord, I just ask that you keep on having patience with us. Let us move forward, dear Lord, and build this army of yours so that we are ready when that battle comes. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. So guys, like I said, we're in very weird times right now. And as much of the evil as we do see, there's so much more evil that we don't see. I um, can explain to you what evil truly feels like. As I was in Scotland, I lived in an area for a little while. Um, it was called East Lewiston. And it was right across um, Loch Ness, literally right on Loch Ness. And, and the town across from it was called Drumnadrocket. Now, Drumnadrocket is probably um, one of the more touristy areas, but across from is where the people lived in East Lewiston. And then on the other side, behind East Lewiston, or Cart Castle, there's a little mountainside. So I went exploring on this mountainside because I had read some stuff a while back that Alistair Crawley lived in this area at one time. And he utilized this little um, mountainside that was behind Loch Ness, behind East Lewiston, to um, exhume bodies from the ground for what they considered necromancy or trying to reignite or, or get a body to rise back up. You know, so it was a lot of satanic practice. So I actually found this cave that was dug in a mountainside and which he used to go from where he lived to pick up the bodies, exhume them from the graveyard, from the kirkyards or the graveyards, and then pull them back through. And I went into this cave, you could feel pure evil. And boy, it existed. It was the most horrifying thing I have ever felt. I couldn't get out of there fast enough, regardless how interested I was just to, to see what this was about. I could not get out of there quick enough. And many people have said the same exact thing. Evil, that energy resided right inside that mountaintop. And it was scary. And like I said, is, is you get into a place where evil has been done over and over and over again, ritualistic practice, this stuff just, it hangs out like a, like a mildew and it is absolutely horrifying. And to this day, when I think about it, I can feel it. It gives me chills, which once again, reminds me of, you know, pushing forward the importance of, of God's armor, keeping it on you. It's not a metaphor. It's not just prayer. God protect me, put a hedge of protection around me. It's quite literal. And like I said, we will do, um, we'll get more into this at some point, hopefully in the Brothers of the Bible, because this would be a great conversation to carry on with Jeff as well. But um, in often cases, some of that armor was very specific. So in scripture, it is mentioned multiple, multiple times um, about witchcraft and the dangers of witchcraft. And today we know witchcraft a little bit different. Like we, we know it from Harry Potter. And like I said, they glorified it. They made it look fun. And a lot of people got pulled into this, the new agers or, you know, the ones that weren't really serious about it, but it was gitchy. It was cool. It was nostalgic. Everybody was doing it. The problem is, is like I said earlier, like a drug, witchcraft can pull you in. It gets, it becomes addictive, especially when the evil that you were utilizing for these witchcraft and these spells grabs a hold of you. And I am not joking. I've seen this happen myself. Magic is very real. I have seen the fruits of people's magic work. And it is horrifying. But once again, nothing is stronger than the power of God. What the devil does on this earth is nothing to what God brings us. So we are always protected. But being aware of spells, being aware that witchcraft is out there, kind of dampens their ability to do this. So always keep that in mind. Always look over your shoulder. Always understand that there's spells being put against us. And I can promise you right now, even within Bard's Nation, I'm not saying the people, 
but there are spells being casted against all of us right now here in Bard's Nation because of what we're doing. We are being targeted, so they're having to take on bigger measures. They can no longer come up and deceive us, which is also another aspect of witchcraft, which people don't realize. Deception, lies, that all falls into witchcraft. MK Ultra, you guys familiar with the MK Ultra psychological process? Also a very, um, very powerful form of witchcraft and mind control. Um, you go back and you read some of the literature and stuff that was written by Carl Jung. Carl Jung was a psychologist. He studied, he studied under um, Sigmund Freud, who many of us know, but he also dug deep into, you know, kind of the, the things that Sigmund Freud talk about, the id, the ego, the superego. But Carl Jung expanded further and found the connection to the soul and occult practices. So even within psychology, um, it is a very, very powerful form of magic that we need to be very, very um, aware of. So the biggest thing I think today that we notice of what we see as far as witchcraft and spell casting goes is not what most people think. The devil himself um, realized that people were waking up to witchcraft. They understood the evil. They understood what the sacrifice practices are. They understood what the blood rituals are because blood rituals are very common and not only satanic practice, but dark magic as well. So I want you to think back to what happened two years ago. We ended up with a fake pandemic that put everyone on lockdown. They had us performing rituals where we were literally standing six feet apart from or six feet apart from each other. And then what did they do? They introduced the fake vaccine. Now, what was that fake vaccine? How does that fall into magic? It's a blood ritual, guys. They literally manipulated your blood and manipulated your DNA. DNA. That was nothing but another blood ritual. And if you also recall when this whole thing started, literally. The day that they announced this whole thing, um, Pelosi passed out a bunch of gold pens in Congress and had people sign some form that um, was dealing with the uh, impeachment of Trump. And to this day, you can't convince me that those pens weren't filled with some kind of a blood for another blood ritual magic. Because like I said, they hand them out. It's basically like they say, when you sign your name, when you sign your soul over to devil, this was nothing but another contract that they made with Satan. So today, what is magic? Magic is called pharmakia or that's the old greek term for pharmacia pharmaceuticals which we guys realize today once the devil and all the evil and the demons around this world realized that people were waking up to magic and they saw it for what it was they had to reinvent it so they reinvented this thing through science so the greek word pharmakia appears in not only galatians revelation multiple times um, these are typically translated into english as sorcery witchcraft or sorcerer Ancient Greek uses pharmakia closely mirror the generic modern English word drugs. The same Greek root produced English terms as a pharmacy and pharmacist. So today, magic is still being used. Rituals are still being used. Spellcasting is still being used. What did they do? They changed the name. People don't realize that they're participating in magic rituals because pharmakia itself means witchcraft and sorcery. So it's all around us. So I'm going to give you guys just... Some of the uh, just some of the things that I came across in scripture, which are referring to witchcraft on top of what I read to you in Ephesians. Remember, we are not battling flesh. We're battling darkness. We're battling evil. We're battling things that we cannot see. But with Christ and our discernment, we can open our eyes and see what is around us to make us uh, more equipped to fight this because we're not we can fight this physical war with with regular weapons.
but we can't fight a spiritual war with guns. We can't fight a spiritual war. Matter of fact, I think in a spiritual war, a sword's probably more effective because it is an extension of your arm and you are an extension of Christ. We are um, part of Christ. So a sword, I believe, would be even more effective. And I've had many dreams that kind of said the same thing, put down the gun, pick up the sword. So um, like I said, to begin with, when I was looking into David, and I'm going to get into to, to David at some point um, here in the future because his life's amazing. It just blows my mind how much was written about him. Like his whole life is in it. He's probably one of the more talked about people throughout scripture where you know him from a musician to a slayer of giants to a friend of Paul or a, a Saul's son all the way to eventually being a king. But when I came to it, 1 Chronicles 10, 13, 13 Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord, and he even consulted a medium for guidance. So if you guys remember Saul, there was a time um, in this area where there were no leaders, no kings. They were basically like um, judges and, and, and people like that that were kind of placed and running the show until God brought in um, Saul. He said, okay, well, we're going to bring in another king. But this king let him down, and then the true king ended up being David, which we saw um, there was a lot of uh, jealousy that came about, but um, David ended up becoming that leader because he was so popular amongst the people. And then Saul ended up dying, and so did his son, um, who was best friends with David. So anyways, off on that, the next one I came across was 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three, For the rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance, like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So once again, people reaching out beyond Christ, not looking for the power and the prayer through prayer with Christ, but reaching out to ego. And we, we saw even in scripture, you know, we, we are entering a time where, you know, people would be lovers of themselves and lovers of themselves isn't just, you know, hey, I love myself. I think I'm so beautiful. It's also believing that they are the ones that hold the power that makes things change, that makes magic work. And that's not the case. The power either comes from Satan, which you don't want to mess with because it's going to take a hold of you and you're going to end up basically being a vessel for a demon. Um, or the true power, the power of powers comes from our Lord Almighty. So 2 Chronicles 33, 6, he sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, practiced divination and witchcraft, saw omens and consulted mediums and spiritists. Um, he did this, um, or he did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. So once again, um, another thing of witchcraft and the dangers of witchcraft by trying to bypass God, which is kind of the same thing that Nimrod tried to do, you know, and Nimrod was trying to get back to God for other things that he had done. Like I said, it's a, a very nasty web that's been weaved and a lot of magic that's been used. And like I said, today it's all around us. We just have no idea that it exists. Many people think that magic and witchcraft is a joke. That it's just a bunch of people that are out there playing pretend like Harry Potter. Not the case. So Leviticus 19.31. Do not turn the mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. And that's the thing. You know, God has bestowed prophets. And the key about a prophet, you know, is that that, that is knowledge and enlightenment, wisdom that comes directly from God. But in scripture, I believe it says that, you know, anyone who has, you know, prophets are always right. You're never wrong as a prophet. If God has made you a prophet, you're always right. You don't get anything wrong. And there's a lot of people out there that are false prophets, and that falls right back into this whole magic thing. When you're dealing with what they call um, mediums, astrologists, uh, tarot readers, and all this other stuff as well. So Leviticus 20, 27, a man or woman who is a medium or a spiritist among you must be put to death. You were to stone them. Their blood will be on their hand or will be on their own heads. 
and we even solved this um, back in the day, you know, with the sacrificing in, in Salem, um, which took place uh, where they were actually killing witches. Um, oddly enough, uh, if you drowned, you weren't a witch. If you floated, you were a witch. So they would kill you. So basically, a lot of people died that weren't even witches at that point. Revelation 18.23, the light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of the bridegroom and the bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people. By your magic spell, all nations were led astray. So once again, as I was saying, um, you know, we look at a, a lot of magics like spell casting, um, incantation, uh, to sacrifice, and so forth. But another huge part of what we call witchcraft or spell casting is simply manipulation, deception. The greatest trick that the devil, you know, ever played was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And it made it really easy for him to deceive the people. But don't think for a second that deception itself isn't any less part of magic. God asks us not to lie. Deception is nothing but lies. So once again, those people would be put to death. Um, and that magic spell, all nations would be led astray. And once again, what we're dealing with right now around our world and our governments all of our nations are being led astray to the power of evil, to the power of magic, to the power of deception. Revelation 21.8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the viles, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and the liars, they will be, con they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So I feel like in a way, by by doing this magic, you know, because it says the second death, and that would be the death death, leaving this world. But what happens when your soul dies? What happens when you start accepting magic? What happens when you start tampering with magic and, and trying to reach out the forces that are not related to our Father in heaven? I'll tell you what happens. You end up falling into these trickeries. You end up becoming exactly what the problem is. You end up getting further into this. And like I said earlier, you become a vessel for the demons. We as humans... Um, are organic. We are inorganic. We have spirit. We have flesh. We have the ability to walk this earth, but within our flesh, this, this body that was literally loaned to us by our Heavenly Father exists our soul, the inorganic part, the part that's going to end up reaching the heaven at some point. But you also have to remember is that the evil in this world um, tries to emulate God in every way, which a lot of people get fooled into this and they don't realize that they're participating in magic. Watching movies, television, programming, that itself is a form of magic because it is manipulating you, it is deceiving you, it is indoctrinating you. We're seeing this more and more in school. Now, the thing about us and our bodies is that demons are inorganic. They are not organic. They don't have the ability at this point to just walk around this earth. They need a vessel. So how do they find these vessels? They first, they'll go to the people that perform this ritualistic magic because they have opened up that door to become that vessel. Often some of these people um, in um, Satanism specifically hand their body over to demons in order to be vesseled. Hardcore drug use um, weakens your soul, weakens your body, weakens your abilities um, and makes it easier for demons to become, you know, kind of take you over as a host. Um, you know, they also go for people that are extremely weak, um, people that are depressed and so forth, because once again, your soul's a little bit weakened and they take advantage of this and they utilize this to walk this earth. And we're seeing more and more examples. You can almost see certain people. And I'm going to use the girl from Georgia that um, was running the, uh, the grand jury just recently. I'm sure you guys have seen the video of her talking on multiple newscasts. 
and watch her eyes, watch her facial movements. Like when I see her, the first thing that comes to my mind is that imagine that was very similar to what Jesus saw when he came across Legion. And if you guys remember, Legion wasn't a demon. Legion was a legion of demons. And that's like, like tens of thousands of demons in one body. Like I said, but they needed that body. And then remember this too, is that when Jesus was casting out those demons, um, Legion, those demons literally had to ask Jesus's permission to move over to another life form. And in that case, they ended up moving over to pigs and immediately went in and they drowned themselves. But those demons couldn't even make a move without asking Jesus's permission, without asking God's permission. God has control over absolutely everything that takes place on this earth. And we cannot forget and, and stop appreciating the power. Like I said, we need to have the faith of David when we walk into any situation that we go into and walk in there with confidence. We're not going to go in there going, man, I hope I win this war. We're going to go into it just like David. I won that war before I threw the rock because God was the one that sent me to this mission. And that's how we need to go. We need to walk through with that same exact faith. And I know it, it would be difficult. Imagine being David yourself. Imagine yourself being in David's shoes, standing there, facing this gigantic um, Nephilim right in front of you that you're about to take out. Many of us, once we walked into that situation, we may be a little bit frightened. But like I said, we need to hold the power. We need to have that confidence. If you have faith in God, then you have faith in God in the missions that he sends you through. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgy, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, one thing too that, you know, I kind of looking into this is that within that um, verse right there in Galatians, um, it literally talks about, uh, without saying the seven deadly sins, it, it involves the seven deadly sins. And I'll be honest with you guys, I had heard about the seven deadly sins growing up my whole life. I thought it was in scripture. Seven deadly sins are actually not mentioned in scripture, but there's an understanding now as to why they are talked about so much. And it's because every one of those, sadly, those seven deadly sins are of the flesh. None of them are of the kingdom. And as long as we're attached to the flesh, whether it be envy, whether it be lust and all else that goes with it, um, those things are keeping us tied to this world. This isn't our world. Our world's in heaven. This right here is a temporary vacation, I feel, for us to prove our worth to our Lord Almighty. And, you know, it, this is not our home. But everything that the evil puts out there within witchcraft and so forth, especially, is what keeps you tied to this earth, keeps your eyes off of the kingdom, which is why we need to, uh, like I said, never, as Scott says, always keep a foot in the kingdom. No matter what you're doing, if you're dealing with the war down here in this earth, never remove one foot from the kingdom. Always keep your eyes on the Lord Almighty especially when he sends you on a mission. So Micah 5, 10 through 12, in that day declares the Lord, I will destroy your horses from among you and demolish your chariots. I will destroy the cities of your land and tear down all of your strongholds. I will destroy your witchcraft and you will no longer cast spells. Um, now Acts nineteen seventeen through 20. Um, when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living um, in Ephesus, or in Ephesus um, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. 
a number who had practiced sorcery, brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came out to 50,000 um, drachmas. Um, in this way, the Lord of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So once again, um, magic has been talked about over and over in scripture, especially the dangers of it. And like I said, over the years, it's just become hidden. People don't even realize um, that we're dealing with magic on a probably a larger scale than they even dealt with back then because it's not right in front of our eyes anymore. You know, instead of um, baby sacrifices at temples, they're doing it um, and they call it abortion. So they're getting people to literally stand behind it. And this is how magic and evil gains its power and keeps on moving forward is by getting people to either A, be part of it, to support it, or even to be silent about it. You know the old saying, is that the only way that evil can prevail is when a good man stands by and does nothing. Our silence allows this to move forward, which is why it's so important, like I said, to, to be aware of what is happening in this world and to understand that there are things that we don't understand happening all around us. And there are ways around this too. Prayer. Prayer is a big one, guys. Um, you know, prayer is the biggest way to keep the evil out of your life, especially when you're aware of it. The hedge of protection that we ask often to put around ourselves. But one thing that I believe that Scott mentioned as well, and I can't remember, I think it was like a bloodline prayer or something. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it, it's something as simple as walking the perimeter of your house in prayer. So you start at one part of your house on the outside and you just walk around your house praying to the Lord Almighty, dear Lord, protect my house, protect what is in this boundary. Bloodline. Thank you, Ryan. Um, protect what is in this boundary. Keep the evil away from us. Do not let them be able to have any influence beyond this point, Heavenly Father. And I've done this multiple times in my house and I can feel things change. And I know that, you know, the evil can't walk. And I have heard some stories that are mind blowers, you guys. I'm not joking. One of them was in a church um, over in California, and they were having some problems with witches that were literally trying to infiltrate their area, even to the point where one of the witches at one point walked into that church. And as they spread out, there was four of them. One of the witches, um, the main witch was in there, was closest to the altar or to the, uh, the podium where the preacher was speaking, and that preacher stopped. And he looked right up at her. He felt the evil. He knew she was a witch. And they were trying to um, disturb the church. They were trying to mess things up. So ultimately, what they ended up doing, they ended up, uh, you know, getting them to leave. And they all went around and they started praying around their church, just kind of walked the border. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed to the point when the witches tried to came, come back. Um, it stopped them like a wall literally and you know and jeff actually just sent to me and thank you so much jeff salt guys it's a reason that salt is very important the salt of the earth um when you make holy water i've been working recently on making my own holy water and part of that um you know other than praying over the water is salt light um and uh you know even some of the anointing oils and stuff like this but salt is a big one so you know you see many churches where they'll spread chalk or excuse me salt around their perimeter which also ask but here's the thing though is um this has been used against witchcraft for a long long time and when you do this kind of stuff when you pray that perimeter around your house using the salt using um the blessings of our lord almighty like i said in the story i was telling you many ago when those witches tried to go back into that church they hit the perimeter like a wall. They could not go past that perimeter. And these were demons within humans. I mean, they were just witches. But like I said, even the human form 
boom, stopped them in their tracks, which shows you the power of God because God doesn't do anything to harm anybody. God, unlike magic, magic will go against thy will. Okay, so just like I was saying, the difference between white magic and the black magic, I mean, at this point, is someone in black magic would, would be like, I want Tom Cruise to be my man, you know, very specific against someone's will. Someone in white magic would more likely pray, dear Lord, please bring love into my life. Very generic term. Um, but like I said, is dealing with God specifically with Jesus, nothing is against thy will. They're always here to protect us. They're always here to watch us. And don't ever underestimate the strength of God. He will pull you out of the worst situations that you would ever, ever imagine. So I'm going to read a couple of more here. I know I'm running a little bit late, guys. Um, Isaiah 19, 1 through 4, a prophecy against Egypt. See the Lord rise on the swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him and the hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I stir up Egyptian against Egyptian. Brother will fight against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. The Egyptians will lose heart and I will bring their plans to nothing. They will consult the idols and the spirits of the dead, the medians and the spiritists. I will hand the Egyptians over to the power of the cruel master and a fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. And there has been multiple examples that have taken place um, throughout scripture where it just shows you um, the power of God over evil. And I'm going to talk about the Pharisees when they dropped the snakes. You know what I'm saying? That was a great example. Is it the power of the Lord? Like literally the, the staff that was dropped down onto the ground produced a snake that ate the other snakes. Boy, how was that? A, a, a wonderful example of the power of God. He's like, I will raise you a snake who will eat your snakes. You know, God, the power of the Lord Almighty is more powerful than anything on this earth, which is why we need to keep focus on that and not fall for the trickery that they're pushing over us nonstop every single day. Guys, we are God's children. We are lovers. We are people that are here to bring people together, to unify them, not to go against our will. And this is what the devil does, which is exactly why it's important for us to come together. Whenever you feel like you're being attacked, reach out to one of us. Reach out to us at Kilted Christian at Gmail. Reach out to anyone here in any number of the chats and the podcasts that are going on. And trust me, this group right here, as I've seen over the last year and or the last couple of years, will stop in their tracks to pray for you. I have done it my show. I've literally stopped in the middle of a show and prayed for someone that needed to be prayed for. But this is God. This is how God works in us. And guys, there is a lot of evil in this world. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of sorcery. There's a lot of witchcraft. And like I said, we don't see him, which is why God needs us more right now on this earth to to help wake people up so that they can see it too, so that these spells can become less powerful. Um, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get crazier. But we also know how this ends, and that's God wins. So guys, hold the line. Hold the line. Stay confident. Stay firm, guys. If you ever you know, get to a point where you're having a rough day and you feel like the, the weight of the world is on your back, it's okay because we all go through that. Some of the greatest preachers, some of the greatest theologians, some of the greatest sermons, have people that, that spread sermons have had a lack of faith, have been weak themselves. But what happens in the long run, they end up gaining more strength, more faith than they ever had before. And this is why we all need to be here for one another during this time. So when one of us are weak, when one of us do fall, when one of us is ill, when one of us is being attacked by the devil, we are here for each other. Because trust me, when we come together in numbers, I don't care how big an evil coven is. I don't care how big a witch coven is. 
Man, it may be a coven of a million, but you take three people, just three Christians together in prayer, and we've destroyed them. There's nothing they can do. And guys, this is where we're at right now. So hold that line. Keep your faith. Keep the love. Keep moving forward. Do not fear. And remember that God has won this. Guys, I love you all very, very much. Um, this will be the last bend that I do for a little bit. Um, Scott will be back tomorrow, and he will be running the rest of the shows. So um, tonight I will be uh, running or running a pre-record of Bards FM. I will be doing Kilted Christian tonight with MSM Liars. It is Thursday, and then I will be doing Bards FM or excuse me, Fishers of Men this evening with special guest Punky, and we're going to talk um, a little bit about the life of John because to me, one of the greatest stories in Scripture is the ability for God to take some of the worst and make them some of the best. Guys, we fall into that category. We've made some big mistakes in our past. We've done some horrible things. But when we found God, we started to work past that. We became stronger, and we became another example of how God can take someone who was not so perfect and work on them and give them that chance for salvation, just like Paul, who ended up being one of his greatest apostles, spread church, spread love all over the place, and even lost his life serving the Lord Almighty, when at the beginning of his life, he was removing Christians and not helping them. So guys, I love you all very, very much. I want to thank you so much for joining me and being here with me with this week for a bended knee. Like I said, Scott will be back tomorrow, but I will see you guys later on tonight. I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day. I'm going to round this hour off with a little bit of music, but for those of you who are going back to work, be safe, be blessed, stay in the Lord, and just do a little extra prayer for those right now that are in Bards Nation around the world that just need a little extra prayer for their health, well-being, for employment, and whatever else. But I love you all very, very much, and God bless. We shall pay any price bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward. 
and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.
Guys, this is the last song. This is Dewdrops in the Garden by Aurora.
All right, everybody, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your afternoon. I will see you tonight at Bards FM, Kilted Christian, Fishers of Men. Guys, have a beautiful day. Stay safe. Keep your prayers up. Always watch your back, but remember, we know the ending of this, and that is God wins. No fear to be had, guys. This war has been won the moment that Christ died on that cross for our sins. So, guys, I love you much. See you this evening. Look forward to, to Fishers of Men this evening with Punky. And once again, Kilted Christian tonight, we will have MSM Liars John joining us. Have a beautiful day. I will see you later on, and God bless.